SheQuest podcast is heart-opening dialogues for self-identify women on a SheQuest, a movement moving forward, striving to live aware, bold, and whole. Welcome. Hi, SheQuest. Welcome to SheQuest podcast with Get Series. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. What a time to be alive, our hearts relentlessly attacked with more turmoil, heaviness, and crisis. Lately, I've been more than ever committed in unearthing some of my own unconscious biases. As you listeners know, shadow work is a fundamental part of Shikwes, along with learning art and yoga tools to make you comfortable with your discomforts. Therefore, this month, we explore and dive deep in women's stories and spirituality. Women on a journey to unveil their masks and show their real face and hearts. I wanted this series to be a flashlight into the invisible Maishi stories and amplify voices of wisdom. So today, I'm so thrilled to have on the show Katarina Reed who expresses the energy of neurosocial evolutionary. And she's going to tell us all about that, which I'm excited as well. Um, She's a luminary, a teacher, a guide, a liberator, and an intuitive healer into the world. Her expertise is story listening, storytelling, identifying, connecting archetypal patterns to story. Story has been a thread that has been woven throughout Katerina's life. Her life thus far can be described as a heroine journey focused on the healing of her own intergenerational stories. She now uses that wisdom to guide women, predominantly mothers, 35 years plus, to unstick from intergenerational stories that are limiting them from being in alignment with their truth. She uses stories to communicate, to teach, to guide the healing process, and to nurture women to deepen their relationship with themselves and reveal the deep truth they seek. When their stories are healed, they are empowered to create and experience a life of infinite possibilities. This is um, the new story that will be based down through their children and for future generation. Hi, Katerina. Hi, Estelle. So great to have you on. I The first question I always ask my guests is, uh, what makes you feel alive today? So I'm asking you, what makes you feel alive today? You know, my passion, my passion for guiding women to evolve beyond the patriarchal story. And I look around me and see that this is just the most perfect time in life to evolve beyond that story, to transmute that story that we've been living for so long. I love that. And before we dive deep in your story and uh, in your work, uh, tell us more just about yourself. Um, as she quest, we call it our ever-evolving uh, she story. Uh, tell us about your cultural upbringing. I love your ever-evolving she story. That is so freeing um, mm. because... Uh, there's this belief out there that we're not supposed to change. Our stories aren't supposed to change. We're supposed to believe something and stay with that. And um, that that's impossible because we are continuously evolving. And so I love, I love how you call that ever evolving she story. Um, We are without a doubt kindred spirits. Cultural upbringing was British. My family's roots are British, uh, Irish, Scottish, and Welsh. And the primary influence was British. So that meant very strict rules, very strict discipline, a very conservative Christian influence. My family were farmers. So I grew up on a farm, living on the land and from the land. So life was about survival. It was a very simplistic life where there was work and rest and pleasure only when all the work was done. 
So it was very much a Protestant work ethic. And the patriarch was alive and very influential in my life. So today, uh, with that being how I was raised and all these years later, I see myself as a very kind, compassionate being, uh, living a heart-centered life. And that is my everyday practice, personally and professionally. I see myself as giving the gift of life through teaching, guiding, and healing. Uh, my life at all levels is from a state of reverence. And that is really important to me, um, to, to live from that state. And so I wanted to um, talk about my journey because it that is the root of my passion my passion for my work my passion for guiding women to reach greater levels of consciousness to awaken to transcend these stories and patterns that we've been living that have been causing so much pain so i was um born into an intergenerational story and i will go on to describe what they are after i share my story of being a victim. And so the pattern in that story, there's many patterns in that victim story, but the, the one that had the most influence on me was the not enough story. So as soon as I was born and the doctor told my mother and father that I was a girl, I was literally stamped not enough. And I lived out that story of the countless past generations of my family. And every generation, the story grew stronger because every generation it was fed more. So it had been fed all those generations. So every generation that it passed down, it got stronger and stronger and stronger. And so I believe that I have a soul contract and that soul contract was slash is, because it's a work in progress, to break that story for all my past generations and future generations. That has been, that has been my life. That has been my, my personal life and my life work. It has all revolved around that story of not enough. So there were a few pivotal points in my life that I wanted to share to show people how this story can live out and how it can impact life. Because this story is not just a story in my family. This story is universal. It is around the world. Many, many people live this story. For me, the my um, childhood was very challenging. It involved sexual abuse and at school, it involved bullying and not belonging, not being a part of because of my parents' religion, because of the way that we lived. So I always felt separate. When it came to participating in class, I loved to draw and I loved to sing. Those were my two favorite things. And I always felt that was my way to express myself. With so many challenges in my life, that was my expression. But in grade two, the art teacher, because I didn't draw things like the other children drew, she told me that I wasn't creative. And when I tried out for the school choir, I was told that my voice wasn't good enough. So I, I shut down. I shut down my creativity. I kept it hidden. I only drew in private and kept my things secret. And I only sang when I was in the woods because the trees didn't mind. <laughs> they thought my voice was okay. Like I feel so many of us have had these like really like tipping point moment where they were just shut down in their creative instinct, you know? And a lot of times, you know, that involves public shaming, you know, like in a classroom or, you know, that stays with us for just so long, you know? Yes, it does. It certainly does. Yeah. That led to my teenage years, which were um, involved a lot of depression and suicidal tendencies and eating disorder. And then I was pregnant at 20 and a mother at 21. 
And then by the time I was 23, uh, 24, I was depressed, overwhelmed with life. And I knew the kind of mother that I wanted my daughter to have. But I was so far from being that kind of mother, I just felt that I could never bridge the gap. And I just felt that I was going to hinder her. She was going to grow up like me, and I didn't want her to grow up like me. So I just, what I decided was to take my own life. And that night, when I stood on that riverbank, and looked into that swirling water, I felt the first relief that I'd felt in years. It was going to be over, and I was freeing myself from the pain. And a really amazing, mystical, I call it a mystical experience, unfolded. A man appeared, and I knew that he was not going to stop me from jumping. I knew that that wasn't why he was there. And I felt so safe in his presence that I didn't even, there was no resistance, no fear. And I just, I was just open. And he asked me one life-changing question. And I'll, I'll never forget this. And I'll never forget the feeling. And he said, do you truly want your daughter to have the best mother and the best life possible? And my answer was, I just want the pain to end. That's all I want is the pain to end. And then when he spoke again, he said, what if you could end your pain, your daughter's pain, and shape her life in a way that wasn't possible for you? And I was so open to that. I was just so open. And I listened. I listened to what he shared. And I could see so clearly that he was showing me a way out, a way out of the pain and still choose life. And the last thing he promised me was, is that I would be guided every step of the way. And that night on that riverbank, I chose to live. And I chose to be the absolute best mother that I could be for my daughter. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what that was, but I chose that. And as I walked away and went towards my car, I turned back to thank him, and there was nobody there. And I looked at the snow, and the only tracks in the snow were mine. That was such a powerful experience for me that I kept it a secret for 20 years. I never told a soul what had happened that night. Because first of all, I knew I would experience shame around attempting to take my own life. And I also knew that people wouldn't believe the experience that I had. So I kept it a secret. And that marked the beginning of my healing journey of the story of not enough. And that promise that was made of being guided is still being kept today. And the biggest challenge that I've faced in my journey is that my ego gets in the way of me thinking that I know best, that I know what's right. And that's not true. Very seldom does my ego know what's best. And so then this whole story for me, my upbringing and this story that I've lived came full circle in 2016. My granddaughter was born. And she was born into a new family story. So she was born into a story of being enough. And she was the first girl born in my family, in all the generations that was born into that story. She was the first girl in my family that was born being enough and being born into love and choosing uh, to be nurtured and, and loved. I mean, the parents choosing to nurture and love. So that, I have attended hundreds of births because that was my previous work, was birth support. But I have never experienced a more powerful birth than the birth of my granddaughter. And it wasn't because she's my granddaughter. It was because she broke a story. And that 
transputed the story of disempowered women in my family. And that night, or actually the next night, because I didn't sleep the first night that she was born, but the second night after she was born, when I slept, I, I was either in a, another dimension or in the dream world, I'm not sure where I was, but I could literally see the healing energy being um, moving backwards along the timeline and moving forwards along the timeline. It was just an incredible experience. And I came back to this reality from that experience, knowing that this healing had been done. And now my daughter and my granddaughter and myself are creating a new story. And the interesting thing is, is that my daughter and I still carry residue of that story of not enough, but there's no energy to support it. So as we create this new story, that residue is just clearing and falling away. And I think the most beautiful realization that came out of my granddaughter's birth is that I realized for the first time that I had become the mother that I wanted my daughter to have. And I'm just so grateful, so, so grateful that that night on the riverbank that I chose life. I'm grateful too. This story, first of all, so powerful. And I just want to thank you for your willingness to share yourself so vulnerably. And um, a gift, Katharina, thank you so much. I'm super proud to have partnered with Hippie, a Canadian skincare company, and offering you 30% off all their products. I've been using Hippie Groovy Glow pore hustler and jomo mask and i've completely fell in love with this not only natural clean but sulfate free alcohol free and did i say canadian product hippie's mission is to simplify your skincare routine and bring practical effective solutions to your moody skin their belief is that feeling beautiful in your own skin is a right not a privilege hippie's offering chic west podcast listener 30% off with the coupon SheQuest30. Go to www.hippies, that's H-I-P-B-E-E-S.com and claim your 30% off any product in their shop today. That's SheQuest30, S-H-E-Q-U-E-S-T-30. I'm really excited to bring this mindful and sustainable plant-based skincare in the SheQuest family. Enjoy glowing skin. Bye. It, it, it's meant to be a book or something. I don't know. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, there, there will be a book. Wow. I'm, I'm just a bit speechless. I had like full body shivers the whole time. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, what a, that's a heroine journey uh, right there. And um, I wrote while you were speaking of your granddaughter, like, you know, you did the work for her to, to not have the, I'm not enough, you know, but you did that for her, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I feel like I did it for all the women in my past generations and all the women in the generations beyond and then for the whole of humanity you know like that what the healing that I did contributes to the whole it's part of the healing of the whole so it's very powerful when you look at it on all those levels and that's what I love about the work that I do is because it heals on so many levels and we don't see it necessarily like no one would look at me and say, oh, that's Katerina's story and this has been her journey because they don't see it. It's invisible. They only hear it if I share it. And people will look at my daughter and not know what her history is. They won't know what my granddaughter's history is because it's all been invisible. And that's that's the whole, that's why story is so important because story brings it into reality. Story makes it known. Yes, the the art of story is is lost somehow, you know, and it's our. I feel as it's just we need to bring it back, you know. So powerful. Um, whilst I don't have your story, you know, I could 
relate to so much of what you were saying. I'm so glad you brought it out there. Katerina, after 20 years, I'm so glad you're sharing your story now. How does it feel to share it? Uh, it feels good. It feels good to share because it's. Um, I know that it's going to support the healing of other women. Yeah, yeah. And that's what my life is about now. My life is about service. And so my story serves the healing and that's what it needs to do. Yes. You know, we, we throw around that word, the intergenerational. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a big word. And I'd love for us that you just kind of debunk it for us so that it's, it doesn't feel such like such a big word anymore. Could, can you do that? Yes, I can. Um, I define that word in the context of story because story is my life. So it is simply the stories that are passed down through the generations, through the families. And I'm not talking about the stories, the cultural stories necessarily of the, you know, the, of grandmothers and granddaughters cooking in the kitchen and those stories being remembered. Those aren't the stories that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stories that we are living out in our patriarch and we're seeing them lived out every day. And so I'm talking about the stories that we see, the stories of abuse, the stories of violence, the stories of disempowerment, the stories of inequality, the stories of people not being valued, like a, a humanity not being valued, Mother Earth not being valued, nature not being valued. I'm talking about those stories. Those are intergenerational stories. Those stories didn't just appear in 2020. We've been living them out since the beginning of the patriarch, and they've just been gaining a lot of momentum. And uh, now we have an opportunity to transcend those. But there's other stories that are more insidious that we don't see, we don't hear on the news. And these are the stories of emotional abuse, the disempowerment, the and it's woven. These stories are woven right into the fabric of the patriarch. They're woven tightly into it. And the only way we can make those patterns known are through sharing our stories because we can't see them. We can't see how people feel. You know, some of us are in tune and, and sensitive to energy. And when we say something or we talk about something, we right away feel the other person's emotion to it. We can feel that and we can respect that and we can honor that. But a large percentage of the population is not like that. And so they don't have a clue that what they just said, which was just something that was just normal to them, something they heard all their life, can actually be hurtful to someone else. And I think that is what is so beautiful. Like I, I'm going to say right off, I am so um, compassionate for all the families that have lost loved ones during this time of COVID. Um, I just, you know, my heart breaks for them. But there is a gift in this horrific time. And that is the gift of waking up and being able to shine the light on these things so that they're coming into the surface so that we cannot not see them. If we've got eyes and we've got ears, we cannot not see them and hear them. And I believe that this is just such an important time. And this time, it's time we're being called, we're being given an incredible opportunity to look at these intergenerational stories that all of us live out. And with each one of us healing our own family stories, our own stories, we are, we are shaping a new world that can be very different than the world that we've been living in. And I, I don't think I'm alone, but I want my granddaughter to grow up in a different world. I want her to grow up being valued and being honored for her gifts and and you know growing up in a world where you can have the freedom and feel safe and all these things that are just such a uh, a part of living an empowered life and being able to expand and grow as a soul 
tell us, Katerina, how how can we begin to to heal the that? Like, how can we begin to do, you know, that work? Yes, um, I believe that it all starts with each one of us. And I believe that it starts right at one of the best places I believe to begin because these, this is where the most power is in these stories and where we can see these intergenerational stories is in our relationships and family for me. And I think for a number of other people that I've, or I don't think I know for a number of people that I've worked with, that's a real great place to start because my family and my family, some of my relationships in my family were very energy charged. And what, you know, and so I started, when I started my healing work, I, I started looking at my family and my relationships with my family. Like I spent years hating my parents for the way that they raised me. And fortunately, before they passed over, I was able to have done enough healing that I was able to, you know, offer the olive leaf and we managed to do tremendous healing before my parents passed. And I'm so grateful for that. But it started with me being willing to look at those stories. And so for myself, how I did it and how I encourage other people to do it is I looked at what I wanted the relationship to be. I had a vision in my mind of what I wanted the relationship to be. And then I looked at where I was in the relationship and in, with some of my family members, like it felt like there was like a world apart, like one foot in Australia and one foot in Canada, like the gap felt so big. Uh, but it was in that gap where the stories and the belief systems and the emotions that are attached to them live. And so what I did was, is I started becoming very aware when I engaged with a family member what I was feeling inside. And then the next time I engaged with them, I'd look at, well, okay, how am I feeling now? And I started looking for patterns. I started looking for patterns of emotions. Ooh, I felt angry. You know, every time I talk to them, I feel angry. Why do I feel angry? What is the story that I'm telling myself about this anger? Why am I angry? And so that's how I started. I started looking at that. I started questioning. And I started looking at my thoughts. I would start looking at like, oh, I just noticed that I was thinking, well, it's their fault. If they just hadn't done this, if they just hadn't said this, if they had just treated me this way, we wouldn't be here. And I started looking at all that. And I thought, whoa, what gives me the power to be able to control their lives and to tell them how I think they should be. And because what I discovered in that journey through, uh, through my formal education at the time was supporting me was that in these intergenerational stories, because the patriarch is a survival pattern, it's about survival. That's why it's all about the one and survival of the one at the cost of the whole, I realized that there's patterns of survival in there, which are, you know, victim consciousness, the saboteur, and the prostitute. I'm not talking about sexual prostitution. That's an actually, it's actually a very small part of that archetypal pattern. It's a huge pattern, and it's to do with us giving our power away. And so those three patterns actually are like a fortress of protection for us when we're children. They're the patterns that protect us and keep us safe. And so because we were raised in the patriarch and life was about survival, well, of course, survival patterns were evoked to support the child because we were living now. In my family, I was living a patriarchal life, like through the religion, through my parents' culture and their belief systems. So my child needed protection. And of course, these survival patterns were evoked. So when we, and everybody has those survival patterns, every human on, human on earth has those survival patterns. 
So when we start looking at like that, like, oh, where am I sabotaging this relationship? Where am I sabotaging myself in this relationship? Where am I giving my power away? How come I'm giving my power to that person? You know, asking these questions, how am I being a victim? How am I enabling somebody else to be a victim? These questions start to open a whole new realm for us in getting into our stories. And so it's a really deep shadow process, but this is a place to start. And this is deep shadow work. And it's been my experience (laughs) in one of my uh, blog posts, I wrote about this because it's very, very powerful. I spent years reading all the books and getting it intellectually but I never felt worthy of having a guide myself. But I guided other people and I saw them having these incredible experiences in their life and healing. And I was thinking, what the hell is wrong with me that I'm not healing? I'm the one guiding them. What's wrong with me? Well, there was nothing wrong with me. Pausing this ever-expanding conversation to let you know that I've heard you loud and clear. Not everyone likes subscriptions and be tied up in memberships, and I totally get that. This month, you are finally able to partake in single-handed programs and workshops originally only available through the Art and Yoga channel access. Finally, pick and choose the offering that's right for you. Make a one-time investment and access online for two months at a time. Visit EstelleThompson.com. That's E-S-T-E-L-L-E-T-H-O-M-S-O-M.com to check my a la carte art and yoga offerings and begin your journey into the ever-evolving, creative, and yogic lifestyle you've always wanted. You're welcome. Now back to our chat. I wasn't open to having my own guide because my ego thought I knew best, you know, that I knew best. I didn't need that. I'd read the books, but the books didn't help me. I needed the guidance of someone who was further along the path than me to guide me, to show me the pitfalls, to give me a good kick in the butt when I wasn't doing what I needed to do. Someone that could help me stand in my truth and show me the way. And so I really strongly recommend that anyone taking this journey to have a guide And it doesn't have to be someone that's completed the journey because most often when people complete the journey, they're no longer breathing air into their body and they've moved on. So we're looking for people that are further ahead of us on the journey. And, um, and I wrote, I've written three blog posts now, a series of three blog posts on guidance of what to look for in a guide, how to choose your guide and what a guide is. They're very, very powerful posts. The third one in that series of how to choose a guide that's right for you will be posted uh, on the 24th of June. So um, that's, that's, that's what I suggest. This is big work, and it's not for the faint of heart. It's for women who truly want to change this story and create a different world for themselves, if they're mothers, for their children, for future generations. I believe that this is one of the paths to human existence continuing you know we have to learn to love and honor ourselves and mother earth like you said it's it's not for the faint of heart i always say it's for the brave of hearts <laughs> and it takes the you know the awareness to and the willingness to right to to look back and to ask questions and to look at your own kind of lineage and, and patterns can you give us like maybe one one tool that you use with your with your clients to kind of do that work? Is it a lot of like journaling or? Um... Yes, journaling. I'm a I'm a writer, <laughs> so journaling is my tool. The other tool is is I love um, drawing. And um, I have an art journal. And so I meditate. And when things come up in meditation, revelations, 
After my meditation is over, I take my art journal and I draw what I imagine what those revelations were. And so I find that really helpful because, of course, as you know, being an artist, that's a doorway into that that realm. Creativity is a doorway into that that realm of of the inner world. Uh, and I also keep a journal beside my meditation pillow. So I have the option, an art journal journal or a writing journal. So meditation and journaling and art. And then body movement. I need to move the energy through my body. So I use yoga. As all the tools uh, that we use in SheQuest. I love it. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit off script, but I, I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, I feel it's like not... I feel mindfulness, even that word wasn't mainstream like 10 years ago. Um, Do you think intergenerational like stories and this whole like, which is basically, you know, shadow work, do you think it will become mainstream? Like how can we as, as awakened women or just striving to live just so aware can start widening our lens on, you know, around, around the stories that we hold. I believe the only way it's going to become mainstream is we start with ourselves and we do it one by one and, and we work, we work together. I believe, I just have this belief that it's women that are, that are in many ways and are going to continue to do so, but more visibly lead the way out of this. Because we have the strength and stamina to and the endurance to persist. These are all characteristics of the feminine. Um, You know, the persistence, the determination, the not giving up, finding another way, the creativity, looking at the possibility, exploring the possibilities. And so I believe, for, because this is my work and been my life journey, I see one of the paths out is healing our stories. And we can do this together. You know, like, I, I, I see in my, in my mind, I, I, have, uh, I express the energy of the visionary archetype. And I, I keep seeing groups of women doing this work and rising together because as we each explore our stories and especially if we do them in groups um we we encourage each other to rise we empower each other to rise we're not in this alone we need to do this together the days of figuring everything out ourselves it's done it's over because it doesn't work it's destructive and so this is about togetherness and this is about women rising together and sharing our stories and knowing our stories and healing our stories i see as a huge part of this healing yes uh, i so agree with you like we can't do it alone you know our healing there's so much of our work sure it's in solitude but a lot of it is just witnessing other story, you know, being, you know, sharing, sharing them. Um, one of my most favorite exercise um, in on, in SheQuest is just to write your signature she story. I call it, you know, like what what's made you like what what have you learned in your life, you know, so far, uh, and again that like ever evolving do you have do you work with like specific prompts when you do that or there there must be a, is there a layout or your your i i are you more intuitive when you work with your client definitely intuitive because i was promised that i would be guided <laughs> and that through. so i'm always guided you know i there was a day, you know, when I was doing my birth work, oh my God, I'd arrive at these births so prepared. I'd have this huge bag of things that I thought I needed and I was prepared. I showed up prepared. And every birth would take me on this unknown journey and my bag would sit in the corner untouched. And I would think, what did I waste all that time for preparing for this? When How could I have prepared? I didn't know how it was going to unfold. And so my birth work was very, very, um, very informative and really helped me. And so at the end of my time of working in birth support, uh, that last year, I showed up with my bottle of water, you know, my TENS machine in one hand and a rebozo draped around my neck. And that was it. I was there and 
I had what I needed. And mm -hmm. if those two things that I brought weren't needed, that was fine. But if they were, they were there. And so I learned a lot from that. And so that's how I approach my work now, because I never know what story women are going to bring to me. So I can't prepare. I can't, you know, have prompts made ahead of that. I have to work intuitively and with what will support them, because this is their journey, not my journey. I'm supporting their journey. I'm supporting their success path, their healing success path. So I've learned to trust my guidance. Uh, such a great analogy for like you, you were a midwife, you know, to people's babies and now you're, you're a midwife for people's stories. Do you see it that way? <laughs> well, I wasn't in, in this three-dimensional world, I wasn't a midwife, I was a doula, but a doula, in yeah. the inner realm, it was midwifing, because I was midwifing these babies into the world, but I wasn't a physical certified midwife, um, so I have to be very careful how I use that, that term, because we are so literal and so connected to the three-dimensional world, to the patriarchal way. Um, but yes, and my work is still midwifing. My whole, my whole life has been a midwifing process. Oh, I love talking to you, Katerina. Okay. <laughs> I want to veer a little bit and just kind of talk more about your, your own favorite personal tool for self-growth. And you've mentioned a few, but um, like, do you have soul rituals, things you do daily to ground yourself and just really be aligned with your truth? Yes, meditation is huge for me. I'm up by 5 a.m., sometimes earlier, and meditation, my meditation pillow is the first place I go. And I'm in meditation until I can get beyond my body because and my mind because sometimes it might be two hours, sometimes it might be three hours because it depends how much is in my mind and my body might be restless and resisting. And so I, I work, I work through that because that's like life every day in life, you meet resistance and you just have to keep working with it. And so that's my, that's how I start my day. Um, and then I usually try to take at least an hour out of my day to go and spend time with the trees. Trees are my, one of my passions. I love trees. Trees are my, my teachers, my guides. And um, yoga, movement, walking. Walking is big for me. I love it. And do you still sing to the trees or of you? <laughs> uh, no, I tend to do more listening to the trees when I'm in the forest. Yeah. Now. I'm, I'm more interested in listening to them than them hearing me. I look at them as having a lot of wisdom. They've lived a lot longer than I have. And so I look to them for the wisdom and the guidance and give them a, my giving instead of my voices. I give them a lot of love. I open my heart to them. Mm, I love that. And one of my favorite just word in your bio is that you call yourself a story listener. I love that. Mm. I believe that's where the um, power is for healing is in the story because the story contains the patterns And I've had the good fortune to be able to travel a lot. And traveling back and forth to Australia, it's like 12, 13, 14 hour flights, depending my route. And um, I, uh, I have lots of opportunity to listen to story because on a plane, you have a captive audience, you know. So you just <laughs> live with someone and people love to be listened to and they love to share their story. And I have all the time in the world to listen. So... I just listen and I learn so much from other people's stories. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a really rich, powerful story. Yes, I believe. I believe that too. Can you give us like just tools? I mean, you've mentioned a lot, but to feel empowered, you know, on our, on our journey to just be more aware and, and awaken. You've mentioned nature, meditation. Are there others you can think of or... Well, you know what I think our greatest tool is going to be going forward is finding like-minded women, finding women on the journey, women that are committed to the journey. 
because yeah. as a group, you're only as strong as the weakest link. So you need to be in groups of women that are that are strong. Uh, what I mean by strong is are committed, have the strength, the endurance, not necessarily physical strength. I'm talking about emotional strength, spiritual strength, soul stamina. Um, we need to surround ourselves um, with women that are on the journey. It doesn't matter where they are on the journey. They can be anywhere on the journey, but they need to be on the journey and committed to the journey. And I believe that's going to become our greatest tool because we need to do this together. Amen to that. Um, the, last, the last questions are quick answers. Are you ready? Sure. Do you have a favorite mantra? Yes. The truth will set you free. How about a favorite flower? No, I love them all. Each and every one yeah. is unique, and I love them. So true. I've never had that answer. I just love them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about, and I wrote, this is a new question I, I ask in my podcast, but a favorite book that you've read about anti-racism or, um, I mean, you can tell me about any you know, favorite book you've read, but, um, right now I'm reading stories. I want to know the stories of racism. I want to know the people's individual stories because that's where the patterns lie and that's where the key to healing is. So that's what I've been reading because I want to be a part of healing this. And so for me, I need to know the patterns. Yes. Love, love that language that you use around patterns and stories. It's great. Great. Um, and do you listen to, to podcasts? or I certainly do. And Impact the World, Lee Harris's podcast is my favorite at the moment. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to check it out. Incredible. And his mission is to make a big impact in the world. And we're just so in alignment. And I just am so inspired by his podcast. Great. Great. Uh, yoga or running? Yoga. Yoga. A book or Kindle? Book. <laughs> and maybe, do you have a favorite treat? And it can be food, but it doesn't have to be anything. It could be anything. Um, treat. I really struggle with that word. So I, my favorite thing to nurture myself would be time in nature. Perfect. So my last question is loaded, but I have faith in you, Katerina. I think. <laughs> <laughs> knowing, you know, knowing what you know about, like your stories and others' story. Um, and again, that's a new question I'm asking because I, I truly feel we're in on like a tipping point right now. Um, what do you wish for this like new world that women are crafting right now? Oh, I, in my visionary mind, I see an absolutely beautiful world. And it's a world filled with empowered humans and it's um a world where we have equality and a world where there's kindness and compassion and it's just natural and we empower each other we raise each other up um there's you know we don't disempower it's all about empowerment and empowering and it's about really It's about transcending duality, you know. It's about a whole new paradigm. It's about living in a new way. It's about appreciating the beauty. I once had it explained to me that um, source or oneness, whatever word we use to describe the universe, um, that it's not love. It's, it's beauty. And our response to that beauty is love. And... That's the way I live my life. I just appreciate all the beauty in the world. And I just, that's what, that's what evokes the love in me. That's what brings the love is the beauty. And so I see a beautiful world just filled with love and um, joy. And I believe it's possible because I believe that we're at a place in our evolution where we can do this. If we heal our intergenerational stories, we can do this. Oh, I believe all of this too. We truly are kindred spirits. Uh, where can we find you, Katerina? And how, how can we support you? Oh, well, you can find me uh, in two places at uh, katerinareed.com. And you can find me on Facebook. My page is Unsticking from Story. And uh, I encourage all your listeners that are interested in this work and, and moving forward and being part of creating this new story to 
sign up for my my blogs and uh, to you know be a uh, sign up on my Facebook page and and how we can help. Well, I think just creating awareness of what I do and I also offer talks and they've been quite limited because of COVID, but I've got some plans for some outdoor ones during the summer. And those uh, description of, of that talk, the unsticking from story stop can be found on my website. And I also am inviting, uh, you know, I'm very open to being invited into workplaces when all the restrictions are lifted and uh, do lunch and learns with women. And there's no charge for these. I do these talks for they're complimentary because I just want as many women in the world to know about this about story and and healing story because we need to do this work and so I want as many women as possible to know so um, and you know if you're part of a book group or uh, some sort of women's group that are interested in being part of this new world and creating this new world um, I'd be happy to speak there as well that's lovely. I love to put all I'll put all your links on the show notes so we don't miss all the opportunities to um have you and um and uh thank you just so much Katerina. You're you're so you're, you're so just I really appreciate your wisdom and your voice and your story and the way you shared yourself today. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on and uh, gifting us with your presence. Thank you. Thank you, Estelle. Thank you for having me. I just feel so honored to be in your space. Um, I just feel that we are so in alignment and it is just so beautiful to support each other. You know, we, we rise together. We truly, we truly do rise together. Namaste, Katarina. Bye. Bye. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.